Good morning. Uh, sorry for the slow take up here, but uh, it, just a few details taken care of and back. Um, this morning, as the title slide suggests, we're going to be talking about something called caring for the generations, and our celebration is focused upon what I chose to refer to as from vision to reality. Uh, just, again, I don't normally like to call people out uh, and call into attention, uh, but just for a frame of reference, if you started attending Caring Community sometime after December of 2014. Would you raise your hand? Okay. So, you obviously, I saw you looking around the room and realized there are folks who were not here at all during the time frame that I'm going to be start out referencing. And so this actually has some value in terms of providing some historical perspective. But beginning in early 2014, uh, the leadership team of Caring Community Church began to look at the possibility of preparing a what's commonly referred to as a capital campaign. That's not just a church, church team, uh, other nonprofits and businesses will do capital campaigns. Within the church circle, what that meant for us is throughout the spring and summer of 2014, there was a copious amount of behind-the-scenes work and preparation that was done by a plethora of volunteers uh, preparing for a time of intense communication with the congregation, explaining why we were looking to raise capital, if you will. Um, At the culmination of that, in December of 2014, uh, we challenged people for the period of a three-year period from January 1st of 2015 through December 31st of 2017, we challenged them to make pledges above and beyond their regular giving. And so as I talk about caring for the generations, that was the title that we gave to the capital campaign uh, because a part of the vision that we had was not just meeting the immediate needs of the congregation, but we were were casting a vision for what it would look like for us to position this ministry to care not only for the current generations, to not just show respect for the previous generations, but to prepare for future generations. As a part of this campaign, we had a theme verse, and that was simply from Matthew 6.33. This is from the New Living Translation, and it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Now, the reason we chose that were a variety of things, but to me it's important to acknowledge that this was not just about raising money. It was not just about putting ourselves in a position to expand the facility, but it was about us collectively seeking God and putting ourselves in a position that we could continue to encourage people to seek him for many years to come. Obviously, a part of seeking God is that next element of that that speaks of striving to live righteously. And then we were looking for God to provide the needs that we had. Uh, Just by way of perspective, just a quick look at where we were uh, in 2014, a part of what drove that process. And just, again, I dug through the resources. As a part of the campaign, we did an informational booklet. Um, And 
while some of the material is dated, um, it does provide a good historical perspective. If you were not here during this, uh, I should raffle them off because obviously this is about funds. But um, I have three extra of these left, and they're on the table back there, on the counter back there by the sound booth. Um, If you'd like to see one, snag one afterwards, look at it, uh, review some of the stuff. If you take it, that's awesome. Uh, I'm going to hold on to this one so that we at least have one for historical preservation. Um, But um, a part of what drove that process, uh, to me, I I listed three things. Um, And they're detailed in the booklet, and I'm not going to rehash all of that. But a huge part of it was crowding and congestion. Uh, For those of you who are new since we actually finished the construction process, the wall for this room used to come right there where the cross is. That wall extended all the way across. This space back here was not here. We had, it's funny, Diana, we're looking at pictures uh, in here, and it's like, oh, I forgot what it even looked like back in the olden days, uh, even though we lived with it for a very, very long time. So the platform came from here and extended out into this room. The sound booth was not there. Uh, we had a table where all the, all the sound stuff was, was put. And so that was part of the issue that we felt was crowding in here. And again, just so that you understand, especially when I talk about crowding today in the midst of winter and flu season in this room, you're thinking, what crowding? Um, statistics have shown for many years within the church world and probably in other areas, you're not going to uh, sustain attendance above 80% of your capacity. And, and we were bumping up against that with some frequency in this room. As we began to get further into the process and consult with the architects, we were actually way exceeding the uh, space allotment recommended for children. Uh, we entered into the project thinking this was a priority, and the architects quickly pointed out uh, this was an, uh, an important piece, but expanding our children's room was a bigger priority. So the other piece of it was, again, as you come in, if you're new since we've done the construction, it used to be as you came in, this long part of the lobby, the long narrow part, that was the extent of the lobby. And from there, there was the long hallway down to the children's area. And there was consistently congestion issues uh, as you tried to make your way through there. So that was part of it. The other piece of it, or another piece of it, was at that time, our building had been in existence for 20-plus years, and there was some much-needed, very expensive maintenance that needed to happen. The roof needed to be replaced. Uh, The heating, ventilation, uh, and air conditioning piece um, needed to be replaced, which were very, very big-ticket items. And in those areas, it didn't make sense to those of us in leadership to fix those if we were going to turn around in the immediately foreseeable future and add on to the facility. It made much more sense to do it all at once. The other element as far as where we were is at that particular point, we had what we felt was some significant financial and ministry momentum. And again, if you're a sports fan at all, you understand the importance of momentum. When you have momentum, it's important to keep going as far as you can possibly take things in that particular moment. Uh, We were seeing God do some amazing things in our midst financially. Uh, We were seeing new families coming, um, and we just felt like this was the right time uh, to take advantage of that momentum and move forward. Uh, very quickly, uh, what we've done, um, as I mentioned, we did this campaign. It was a huge communication campaign in September, October, November, and on into early December of 2014. 
at, and lots of activities, uh, this booklet, mailings, uh, personal meetings. Uh, we actually did a, a prayer devotional that was done in-house. It was funny. As I was looking through this, oh, oh, I remember Angie taking all those pictures. She did such a cool job. Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, the booklet, we had a team who took full responsibility for that. I just threw a bunch of information their way. Uh, they put it all together. Um, lots of mailings. I spent a number of weeks in the fall uh, preaching and casting vision for our future as a church. And then at the culmination of that, in December 2014, we said, okay, what are you willing to do? Above and beyond your regular tithes and offering, uh, are you willing to make pledges? And we had people step up. I talked about activities and engagement. Uh, we set, as a part of our planning, we set what our consultant told us was a totally unrealistic goal uh, of $300,000 over three years, above and beyond our regular giving. Now, the reason he said that was a totally unrealistic goal is typically what happens in a capital campaign is we create excitement and momentum, and we challenge people to dig deeper than they were used to digging. And that's all well and good. What our consultant understood is we had just had that happen already. When we did the teaching on the blessed life, which happened before the capital campaign, we saw a huge, and I mean 40% increase in our weekly Sunday offerings. And our capital campaign consultant that we hired, he said, you know what, you kind of blew it because you already got people's money. And I mean, he didn't say it that directly, but he said, you've already tapped into what you would have normally tapped in for a capital campaign. He said, I think you're being unrealistic. Uh, and to be honest with you, I thought we were being a little unrealistic, but it's not always about me. All right. Some on the team said, you know what? Why not set an aggressive goal? What ended up happening in the middle of December 2014 when pledges were turned in, uh, we received a pledge total of $234,857. That was what was pledged initially. Dan's going to talk in a little bit about how that number actually changed over the course of time. So where we were, or what we've done, is the campaign. Then the campaign led to our actual building project. Some of you have heard me talk about this before. Some of you haven't. But as a part of the, building, the actual building project, we added approximately 4,000 square feet to our facility. Uh, which is an increase of 50%. We were at 8,300 square feet. Before the project, we added roughly 4,000 square feet. Larger classrooms with increased functionality. Uh, we added the children's worship space. We expanded the auditorium. We added a secondary entrance and exit. We added American Disabilities Act compliant restrooms down the hall. We added much needed additional storage. As a part of that, we also repurposed existing space. Uh, we enhanced the children's check-in and security. We enlarged the lobby, expanded the kitchen, um, new restroom fixtures in our existing restroom. And in the process, we addressed major maintenance concerns like a new roof and totally revamped our HVAC heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. All totaled, what we've done as a part of caring for the generations and the subsequent building plan was $900,000 of improvements and new construction. And that kind of brings us to where we are right now. And uh, 
I didn't mention it before. Uh, Dan Omer and Ruben Rubio served as co-chairs for our capital campaign uh, since Ruben had the audacity to leave the state. Um, uh, Dan gets... Dan gets to carry it all. And uh, so Dan's going to come up and talk a little bit about where we are. Oops. There you go. Well, I'm not so sure about... Good morning. I always like to start with that. I'm not so sure about the audacity of leaving the state <laughs> or putting it all on me. I think there was a lot of people out there that did a ton of stuff, but I will speak for Reuben and I at this point in time. And, and be I, honest, Dan, you're a little glad Reuben's not here today. Is that fair? <laughs> wow. Boy, the hits keep on coming, don't they? <clears throat> and yes, Damien, I see you over there. Okay. <laughs> I'm not looking there, but I see you there, my friend. Uh, what were you talking about, momentum with athletic teams? I thought you said something about that. So um, where we are today, you know, I, I think of many of the things that transpired with caring for the generations, but the very first thing that I think of when it comes to this is one word, and that is thankful. I'm thankful for all those that participated, for all those that care, call Caring Community Church their home church. It was stated very early on that it was not about equal gifts. It was about equal sacrifice. And I think that was an important point throughout this whole process. I'm thankful because there were over 80 people that played a role in the different committees that we had to lead us through this. And so I know everyone's not here today, but I am going to take the opportunity to acknowledge those that were a part of this. You know, if you think about it in your life, there are certain times in which you get to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And this is one of them. And I can sit here and say that when Lynn and I started to come, there was a capital campaign that was going on. And we were clueless, okay, because we were, and just did not know all the ramifications. But like many of us, we're on a journey. And when I think about caring for the generations, there will be another generation that hopefully is less clueless than Lynn and I were at the time, but we'll step into that role as time goes on, because this is not about 2018 or sometime in between but looking forward into the future. And it's one of the things that I always appreciated the most about Ron Owens because he has been very active in our church for many, many years. And it would have been very easy for him to say, you know, time for, time for others. And yet the reality of it was is that he played such a huge role in allowing us to get to where we're at today. But with this in mind, there were six different uh, committees of sorts that I um, uh, listed here. And so if you were a part of one of these, I'd just ask you to stand and when everyone stood, let's give them a round of applause. But the building committee, if you served on the building committee in some form or fashion, if you would please stand. Um, if you were on the spiritual emphasis team, 
uh, which Susie was leading, and Kathleen had the nerve to move along with Reuben. Uh, please stand. Creative Gifts team, Michelle, and uh, those who were on her team, please stand. Arrangements, John and Nancy, if you'd please stand along with your team. Presentations, uh, Damien and Chris were certainly leading that charge. And communications, Linda. I know there were so many others that were involved in it, but just let's give a round of applause right now for all those that were. So Pastor Steve talked about the uh, the, the uh, pledge goal of $300,000. Where we actually finished was a little bit different than that, but I think it requires a little bit of explanation just so you have a better feel for it. When we started the campaign, we came in at a number that was um, slightly different. It was uh, 200 and, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm 234000 and it's on here in a list. There's just so many numbers here, so I <laughs> apologize for that. But um, the 234,000 was was the number that was out there. But after the fact, people continued to put in that were not part of the original pledge. And as a result of that, the, that number went up. And so that pledge total was revised to show $278,768. You know, an incredible amount of money. And I don't care who you are or what you do, that is a tremendous amount of money. So we had a total of 39 families that were committed and, and pledged to this. Of those, to, bre to break it down, uh, 23 gave 100% or more, 5 gave at least 85%. And, and in total, we had 88% of the pledge total received. That is a cause for celebration. When the consultants talked to us about this project, they first of all cautioned us against the fact that we had had a tremendous uptick, as Pastor had talked about, in terms of giving based upon the, the teachings um, of uh, Dick Morris. And so um, that was a real challenge that we had in front of us. But on top of that, we were looking at the fact that, um, you know, there were some challenging times that were that were going on, and the or the anticipation was that 80% would be the top end of anything that you would get in terms of comparison to your overall pledges, and yet we did much more than that at 88%. So, another, again, I think a round of applause is necessary for that. <clears throat> So a few more things. The initial mortgage that we had with uh, Wesleyan Investment Foundation was $647.233, resulted in a monthly payment of a little over $4,400. As a board, we had started to put dollars aside in our budget. This was not a surprise. We knew it was coming. We planned for it. Um, you've seen a very nice uptick. Pastor Steve talked a little bit about the fact that you know more dollars had come in 
on a regular basis. And so we've had that blessing that has been a part of it. We've made additional principal payments during this time, a little over $85,000. And so if you were to keep looking at it, the current balance of $532,000. Um, but this is a one-time offer. If someone's sitting here today, we'd save some interest. If someone wanted to write a check today, the small amount would only be $529,092. So feel free. If you're in a position, you just came here thinking to yourself, you know, I don't know what else to do with this half million dollars. Feel free to do that, okay? I just thought you should know that. You never like to take the or to miss an opportunity, so I thought I should pass that on. We've reduced our mortgage payments by $118,000 in the last 18 months, and I think that's a tremendous amount to be thankful for. There were some other improvements that were not reflected in the caring for the generations. And you'll see these here on the screen. You know, kitchen appliances were added, lobby furniture was added, auditorium and children's AV upgrades were added. Has anyone been out in the lobby and heard the speaker system? Is that incredible or what? Huh? That's pretty cool. Um, lobby and check-in speakers. So we're all making progress in a variety of ways, and I think those are the really important things to, to call out. So when I say thankful... I'm thankful for all those that participated in this. I'm thankful for the generations that I think are going to be able to take advantage of this as time goes on. All told right now, including the improvements of $950,000 that were done, uh, for insurance purposes, the value of this facility and the acres is a little over $2 million. Pretty substantial um, property. And it's all as a result of the sacrificial giving and how God has blessed us. But when I think about the thankfulness, I'm forward thinking when I think about that because we had 39 families that participated. We had 80 people that were involved in the different committees. And so many times throughout this process, we've talked about people, places, and programs. Well, in the places part of it, you know, we've made substantial headway on that. You know, we're in a much better position down the hall. We're in a much better position here as a result of the efforts that have been taken. When I think about programming, we've done a variety of things to add new programs that are going on. If you look at your, at your bulletin, if you look at the, on the screen about the different things that are being announced between the different meetings, the financial piece, um, the caring connections, on and on and on that are out there. There's more things today that are available than were ever available before, which leads me, yes, that's a good. But Pastor Steve talked about momentum, and I won't think of it tied to a sports team, because right now that's still ouchie. But um, I think about momentum when it comes to people. And one of the things I think about is that last week we were challenged in the message with the number of families and the number of people that think of Caring Community Church as their home, okay? And that number is not meant to scare anyone. It's meant to say that as a, as a family of believers, we have an obligation to one another and, and we have an obligation for those individuals that are tied into 
um, our church in some form or fashion. Where I really look forward to the future is being able to continually look for ways to utilize everyone's talents and abilities just like we did through caring for the generations. I mean, if I think about all the people in that campaign that had specific expertise in an area, we're really blessed. I mean, the, the people that, I mean, I struggle to change a light bulb, okay? And yet there are people that have very great expertise in building, and I just appreciate it so much. So, looking forward, all the 265 that were listed down in the PowerPoint last week is calling part of Caring Community Church their home, just looking for ways in which they can get you know, plugged in and bring 265 to make 365 and 465. It's about touching souls, and it's about changing lives for, for Christ. So I want to thank you for your time this morning, and Pastor Steve's going to come back and talk a little bit about some of the project benefits. As Dan makes his way down there, there's just something as, as he was talking I wanted to emphasize, uh, not necessarily in my, in my notes, but before I, I jump into the actual project benefits, I, w- I want to touch on a couple of things. Um, one is we're talking a lot about caring for the generations, and we're emphasizing dollars that were given toward caring for the generations. We're emphasizing people who made above and beyond pledges for caring for the generations. Um, but what I want to emphasize, and again, some of you know, I, I've been doing this church thing for a number of years now. And I talk to other folks who've done the church thing uh, for a number of years now in a leadership role. And one of the pieces our celebration today does not directly touch on is the fact that this was truly above and beyond. Sometimes what happens is you get people excited about a capital campaign and they literally rob Peter to pay Paul. They, they stop giving to general budget so that they can make a bigger pledge to the capital campaign because that's more of a warm fuzzy uh, than giving to the budget. And, and what I want to say is as we celebrate caring for the generations, to everyone who continued to give, who continued to tithe, who continued to support you know, buying toilet paper versus building a new building, you know what? That's pretty important. And so I just want to say, regardless of what your role was or has been since you've come to the church, it all matters, and it all contributes to a sense of success. And the other thing uh, that I want to say, and this is, this is incredibly personal, um, but uh, when we talk about momentum, uh, and I've said this before, uh, but in the season of life I was in at the time, we chose to move forward with this. One of the last things I wanted to do was take on a capital campaign and a building campaign because as a leader, those things are taxing. And I knew that it would tax us as a body of believers. Even though it would be exciting, it would be a fun and positive in some ways, I also knew there was a price to pay. But um, some of you may find this incredibly hard to believe when you look at this wonderful physical specimen. Um, (laughs) But in another lifetime, um, I was a sprinter. And I ran relays. And one of the things that I was good at was starting fast. And, 
as I think about caring community, I want to think, and I'm just getting teary, I can't look at her right now. Um, I want to think that all I've done for caring community for the past 37 years was just the first leg of the relay. And, and yeah, you bet. I sensed in my heart in 2014 that we needed to expand the facility for caring community to continue to gain traction, just like I sensed back in the 80s. Uh, that in order for us to survive as a church, we had to get out of rented facilities into our own. And I felt like I owed it to everyone who calls Caring Community Church their home to step up to the plate and pay the price and encourage you to pay the price to position us for whatever it is that comes next. And again, I don't know... The beauty of a relay is you knew when it was time to pass the baton. (laughs) Only God knows when I'm going to pass the baton and whether it's going to be because I fall down on the track and somebody has to pick it up or whether it is a seamless passing of the baton. But the reality is we chose to do this. We chose to capitalize on that momentum um, so that what has happened up to this point is just the beginning caring community church and and so i i I just wanted to put that out there uh because that was an underlying driving factor in this project benefits just very very quickly um definitely less congestion uh more functional i mean we're talking really basic function stuff the classrooms have sinks now before the classrooms didn't have sinks and sometimes that was a problem the preschool room actually has its own restroom Sometimes that was a problem when they didn't have their own restroom. A really messy problem. Um, uh, Enhanced security. Uh, Again, the situation that we have now for a church our size is one of the best things we could hope for in terms of limited access to your children while you were in here. And that was very, very intentional. Enhanced energy efficiency. We don't talk a lot about it. I was with Ed and Becky a couple weeks ago, and Ed asked me about the energy bills. And it's like, oh, I don't know. I've been paying attention. Um, But the reality is, I can tell you without hesitation, we increased the size of our building by 50%. We did not increase our energy bills by 50%, not even close. And so, again, those are some of the kind of, not to mention the fact that our building is used way more than it was before construction. So, again, that speaks to expanded programming and increased usage. One of the biggest perks that we have seen, and, and again, we're not utilizing our capacity, our seating capacity, and I get that, and that is a concern. One of the things we have added is the frequency with which we have multiple activities going on at the same time. And before... That was really, really difficult and awkward to pull off. And I would just, I'm not going to beat this horse, uh, but I I would just point out to just this past Wednesday, um, we had our Heaven's Least Ballet, uh, which is probably 50-50 caring community folks and non-caring community folks, here on a weekly basis because Faith and Angelina chose to offer this ministry. People who have no connection to us in any way, shape, or form are calling up and saying, can we send our kids to your ballet? Yeah. 
Uh, Financial Peace University. We've talked about this. We've offered this program repeatedly. I got a text. Um, I was at my grandson's wrestling meet. Um, I, I got a text from, from Lori on Wednesday that said, they had 16 people here for Financial Peace. And that's probably 60, 40 non-church folks over caring community folks. Uh, and, and those were all going on in addition to worship rehearsal all at the same time. And friends, that just could not have happened um, prior to construction. And so there have been some obvious benefits. I just want to talk briefly about what comes next. Now that caring for the generations is over. Obviously, that sounds weird because we should still care for the generations. But the campaign uh, is over. Um, Regular monthly payments. As Dan indicated, we had actually started setting aside what we anticipated our monthly payments to be in the future. We actually started but putting that in our budget over a year before we started construction. That money had been set aside for facility expansion. That was what helped to limit how much we needed to borrow when it was time to actually build, but it was already factored in. It was already factored in, so when we got done with the construction, they started expecting mortgage payments. It's like there wasn't, oh, my goodness, what we're going to do. Unlike when we built before, some of you have heard me talk, and it says it in the, in the brochure. Um, when we built the first phase of this building, prior to that, we were paying $250 a month rent, period. Once we moved into this building, we went to $2,500 a month plus utilities. Talk about a shocker. <laughs> Maybe that was why I was thinner then. But anyway, um, but we will continue to make our regular monthly mortgage payments, and it will be funded through the regular tithes and offerings that we give every week. And I, I just want to say, Dan, Dan touched on it, but as he was going through those things, and he talked about regular monthly payments, he talked about the $85,000 above and beyond that we've been able to pay specifically toward principal. You guys have mortgages. You understand if you pay an extra $85,000 in principal, that shaves literally years off the length of your mortgage because of interest savings. The reason we were able to do that is when we borrowed money from the Wesleyan Investment Foundation, they asked us to make a commitment. They asked us because it's church stuff. It's a church lending organization. That's all they do. They said, have you done a capital campaign? We said, yes, we have. And they said, how much has been pledged? We told them how much has been pledged. They said, we assume what's come in so far are you using for construction costs. And we said, yes. And they said, what about when you're done with construction? You'll still have uh, almost a year and a half of pledges coming in. And what they asked us to do, we didn't sign a document, but it was just gave our word that once we completed construction, everything that came in for the capital campaign would be applied toward principal and we would make our payments out of our regular operating budget. We were already doing that anyway. It was a perfect fit, and we've honored that commitment. Moving forward, we will continue to make our regular monthly payments out of our operating budget. Uh, moving forward with regard to building fund, um, if you are inclined, you are still invited to designate gifts to the building fund. Now that the campaign is completed, those contributions will be kept in a building fund and used to address additional facility needs that may not necessarily be covered by facility maintenance in the general budget. 
And I, I will just tell you, full disclosure here, I've shared this with the board, I will share it with you. Now, Diane and I made a pledge to caring for the generations. And we haven't met it. I'm, I'm one of those that's kind of at 85 to 90%. Um, I'm not proud of that. It just is. For my own, nobody expects this of me, but because of my own commitment, um, Diane and I will continue to designate the same amount toward building fund until I have fully met that pledge. I, I, again, I'm not asking that of anybody. That's just what's on my heart. Once that's done, because Diane and I have bought into this, uh, we drank the financial peace Kool-Aid, and we liked it, um, once that's done, that will free up a portion of our income. We will sit down. We will have some family discussion, Diane and I and the dog, um, about what to do with that amount we've been giving to caring for the generations. Maybe we'll slip it over to the building fund. Maybe we will uh, designate it elsewhere. Uh, we'll sort that out because we've kind of gotten used to living without that money in our regular budget. But, again, that's just personally. If you want to continue to make contributions or you get extra at some point and you want to designate to the building fund, there are obviously always issues that aren't going to be covered in our maintenance budget. We talked, one of the things we cut out to get our building project to line up with our finances available was expanding the parking lot. Some of you have been here on the two or three times a year uh, when we end up parking on the grass. Um, so at some point we will look at that. Uh, some of us think it would be nice if the, sidewalk, if the parking lot came all the way up to the sidewalk by the children's wing. Uh, those are some things we're looking at. Uh, continually expanding and improving security features, video cameras, uh, video surveillance type of stuff, furnishings, uh, additional energy efficiency upgrades. Uh, everything in the old, the new part has energy efficiency stuff, not so much in, all the, new part, in the old part. So that's something that's on our mind. Um, so there will always be building fund needs. We will always keep a building fund open. Then the other thing is designated gifts or designated giving and special projects. From time to time, above and beyond donations may be solicited. There may be a time when you, we say, hey, we're looking to do something that's not in the budget. If God stirs your heart, would you consider making a special donation? And then donors are always welcome to approach the leadership team about making a designated gift for a specific person, or for a specific purpose, sorry. Um, um, Dan hinted at it. That's how our kitchen appliances were paid for. We got the new kitchen. It looked wonderful, and there were these huge empty spaces. <laughs> uh, and somebody came to us. Actually, we had, you know, we were looking at moving our old appliances in there, and somebody came to us and said, hey, um, what would it cost to put new appliances there? Give me, a, give me a quote. I pulled together your information. They made that donation above and beyond. That's happened with landscaping. Many of you have heard us talk repeatedly about sabbatical. A part of what we've done for my sabbatical is hire a sabbatical coach. Um, so the LBA doesn't always have to be the ones to hold my feet to the fire. Um, uh, actually, to provide input and direction to help me make the most, help us make the most of this experience. And somebody stepped up and said, I will make an above and beyond I think this is so important. I'll make an above and beyond contribution to offset the cost of the, of the sabbatical coach. Landscaping, there's a plethora of other things that people have done in the past. Um, there are times people say, um, I would like to make an above and beyond gift. Um, is there some place specific that the LBA would like to use it? 
That recently happened to us, and that's how we ended up with the, the lobby speakers. Somebody came to the LBA or indirectly sent a message to the LBA. We want to make an above and beyond donation, um, and we wonder if there's something specific. We put a couple of different options out there for them to consider, um, and they came back and said, you know what, here's the money. We'll leave it up to the LBA's discretion. And, and that's how we added the lobby speakers. Um, um, and, and so that happens from time to time. Um, I didn't emphasize it a lot during the holidays, kind of this whole above and beyond designated giving at Christmas time. Um, there's, this is the second year in a row. A local business has approached us and said, we want to bless a family or bless families during the Christmas season. We will commit X number of dollars, and we would like you to distribute it. Um, and then we have been in a position as a church. We've chosen to match that. And in the last couple of years, we've been able to partner with another business. Just kind of a unique uh, designated giving. Uh, there are lots of other things like uh, front entrance improvements and playground renovation, uh, window treatment, stage lighting. Those are all things that are out there. And, and again, God may put something specific on your heart. Uh, so moving forward, um, we continue to encourage us to honor the Lord by bringing the tithes and his offering, his tithes and our offerings into the church. Um, I come back to this. Uh, it is my prayer that we will continue to seek the kingdom of God above all else, that we would increasingly be passionate about living righteously and trusting that he will give us everything we need. I know we've thrown a lot at you. Um, I'm going to go back to, to personal. I just need you to understand that I am incredibly honored and humbled to serve with a group of people who are as faithful as you are in honoring God with your tithes and with your offerings. I talk to a lot of pastors, and I know many of them, probably even most of them, don't have that similar experience. So please understand, as Dan said, we never ask for equal gifts, but I consider it a privilege to serve with people who get what it is to give sacrificially in order to see God work in our midst. And it is my prayer that that will always be true of us as a body of believers. So please understand as we throw all these numbers at you and, and this, that, and the other thing, I get, I get that the bottom line is you. The bottom line is you being faithful to what God puts on your hearts. And I am humbled by that, and I consider it an incredible privilege. Would you pray with me? Father, as I just said, uh, we've just thrown a lot of information out there. Uh, but none of it none of it would be possible without your Holy Spirit stirring in the hearts of your people and your people choosing to faithfully and sacrificially respond to that Father I, personally and professionally, as the pastor of this local body of believers, I just want to say thank you. Thank you that you speak to us. Thank you that we choose to listen. Thank you that we choose to act. 
And Father, I do pray that just like some of us old-timers look back at the late 80s and reaching forward together, the mid-90s and growing forward together that helped us to pay this facility off sooner. I pray that one day people will look back at caring for the generations and say, I'm a part of that generation that was impacted because those folks back then chose to give above and beyond in a mighty way. Father, we ask these things not in our own strength, but in your strength. We praise you, Father. Amen. Greg?